everybody, welcome to episode number eight of the Visualize You Show. I'm your host, Beth Huey, and in today's episode, we're going to be looking at the second part of how to do online reputation management the right way with my special guest, Pascal Fintoni. In part one, we discussed the power of storytelling. Now, Pascal is a film producer and he uses storytelling in the coaching that he does with his marketing clients. I highly recommend you check out that episode before you listen to this one. In today's episode, we're going to be focusing on some really practical ways that you can increase your visibility, credibility and interactivity with your customers online. If you're somebody who has been creating regular content and you may be not generating enough leads, generating enough inquiries, you don't have enough customers, it's probably because you've been focusing too much on credibility and visibility and less so on interactivity. So check out this episode. It's full of amazing steps of how you can implement this right away into your business. I also wanted to remind listeners that you can now register for the gratitude challenge, which is going to be coming up in December. If you go to visualizeyou.com forward slash gratitude, and you can be part of a community that really takes stock of everything that's happened in 2020. We are going to be developing mindset strategies, tools, really giving thanks to some of the positive aspects of 2020 and getting ourselves ready for what is coming in 2021. I would love it for you to join us in that community. Now back over to Pascal Fintoni and how to do online reputation management the right way. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Visualize You podcast. I'm your host, Beth Huey, and each week on the show, we will talk about how you can pivot in your career and create a business that is more in alignment with your true soul's calling. I'll bring you interviews with inspirational people who have taken that path already, so you can learn the practical skills that will help you do the same. I'll also deliver training and bring experts onto the show to help you recognize your self-worth, honor your skills, and become confident, feeling ready to pivot, package, promote, and profit from your career and life experiences. Let's just talk about some of the maybe practical ways that people can build their online reputation, whether it's dealing with customer complaints or that fear of feeling that they need to be on all platforms and managing everything. Is there kind of some key things that yeah, you and, would uh, say. I'm very keen to share a bit of a formula, if you don't mind. So it will, it, everything will begin with this belief that the job at hand is reputation management or online reputation management, and to try and resist temptation to use terms like online marketing or digital mm-hmm. marketing and so on. When you talk about online reputation management, I think the words are very powerful. It would convey something very different. And this is essentially, you're going to put in place, you know, efforts and, and results so that the audience that is right for your business um, knows you exist, they believe in you, and they want to be part of your success story. And with that in mind, you need to go back to, you know, who do you help? Uh, why do you help them? Uh, how do you do what you do? And so on. They are, they're the great source of information. But when it comes to shaping the plan of action, you want to be, again, very practical. There are three main stages to any online reputation management activities, whether it's for a week, uh, for a month, or for a year. And the three stages actually kind of marry up to a customer journey or a sales funnel, if you prefer the term, or whichever. But it kind of recognizes the fact that 
people need to believe in you and actually believe in themselves before they can become a customer. And I think all too often the, the temptation has been to force the, uh, the communication one way, which is, let me show you how good we are, what we do. And for me as a customer, I go, well, I, I, I assume that you are. I'll take a punt. I assume that you're good as <laughs> yeah. a supplier. What I'm not so sure at is whether I'm good, I'm good as a buyer. And you mustn't underestimate, you know, people being nervous by making a poor buying decision because mm -hmm. they themselves don't feel confident. So this is where content comes in, of course. But back to the three stages. You've got three stages, and I would highly recommend that people don't try and cut corners. There are three steps, and, and they are there for a reason. Within that, of course, the details would be what you're going to do when it comes to platform like Facebook and so on and so forth. But actually, interestingly, in your plan, they may not feature because it's not nowhere near as informative. So step number one of your reputation management plan is what we're going to call visibility. And the question that I have for you is, what do you have in place under the, the label of reputation management to be highly visible? And mm -hmm. because if you're not careful, you're going to put things in place that actually don't help at all. So I'll come back to that step. Okay. Step number two is visibility means you've been discovered and that the right customers are mildly curious and interested. And this, as, a, as an example, would say, maybe that's where they are in the state of mind. Stage two from step up from visibility is what we call credibility. And this is where you're going to put some effort into your storytelling and and more to make sure someone goes from maybe to actually i'm interested and we're going to look at some of the details of that and then step three which is a very important one nowadays to build trust properly is interactivity and interactivity is all about what are you doing and what do you have in place to make yourself available for further questions or mm -hmm. for interaction that would be almost like a taste version of uh, what you do the the result of a reputation management plan put in place is as follows. Somebody has consumed information via the internet and their reaction is, if this individual or organization is that helpful, before I'm even a, a customer, I can't wait to be looked after by them. Mm -hmm. Which I know is a very ambitious goal and a very ambitious kind of um, example, but what you want someone to have just enough, consume just enough content, maybe just, as we say, snacking on some of the headlines and so on, but the impression they get is that this organization, this individual, take great pleasure and pride in being helpful. That suggests to me that when I become a paying customer, that would be at least on par, if not better than just what I can glean at this moment in time. And all too often, people are just too concerned about using the tools of the time and the website and the SEO and the email marketing and social media. And in a way, deep down where they're working towards, someone to go, aha, they are pretty good on Facebook, but I still don't know whether I can trust them. And that's what, that's what you want to really avoid. You're much better off having someone that knows very little about Facebook, but they are so good at the um, content creation, the relationship, and so on, that someone goes, the Facebook page is a bit, mm, but I tell you what, I love them. That's what yeah. you want. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we miss that all too often. So visibility, the first step, is a very, very interesting one. Because all too often what people tend to do is they'll say to me, I don't understand, Pascal. I've, I've read the book about how to do amazing stuff online. I've got the website, like the book said. I've, been on, I've done the SEO bit, like the book said. I've done social media. I've done email marketing. I'm putting my advertising. I'm doing this and the other. And 
I'll be honest with you, Pascal, my levels of level of inquiries and the sales figures are very disappointing. And my reaction is, I'm not surprised because everything you've described belongs to credibility. The moment you put effort into your own platform, your own website, your own Facebook, LinkedIn profiles, your own email marketing, and so on and so forth, as soon as you do anything that's to do with your platform or your account, whatever it might be, that's credibility, which means that actually your journey is short by one step. You're not doing visibility. Now, what is visibility? Well, visibility is when you use others and others' platforms mm-hmm. to become discovered, if I may use you know, that term yeah. perhaps clumsily. And I think there's been there for what I call the false promise of online marketing or the misinformation of online marketing, which is this kind of belief that the formula is as follows. Content on website, listings on search engines, uh, posts on social media equal inquiries and sales. That's not true at all. Mm-hmm. It may have been true in the late 90s and 2000s, but mm-hmm. we are now in 2021 onwards, and that's not going to be the case. And, and don't get me started with the um, algorithm that's going to get in the way anywhere of any of that stuff. So you, you must work on your credibility. Of course, you must have the website. You must have the LinkedIn uh, through the listings on Google Maps. You must have one or two very well-run and managed social networks and a YouTube channel. Yeah. I'll give mm-hmm. you the, the shopping list. But if all you do is spend your time to, to create content those. that goes on those platforms, all you're doing is getting ready to be discovered. But are you doing anything to be discovered? So visibility is when you work with others, you collaborate, such as having a podcast series with guests so that the guests then can share, share onto their the network. Guests, yeah. Part of what you want to do, I'm a big fan of the what I call the guest marketing tactic, which is you know what you're applying for your business, whereby either you're a guest on the platform or you have a guest on your platform, but either way, the other party is going to really market and promote you. And that's a great way. Can you piggyback someone else's email marketing campaign? Can you sponsor it? It could be worth your while. Can you make some very soft approaches on social media by using recommendations? So again, others, can you discover whether your audience is reading a newspaper, a magazine? Are they following a particular radio show, whatever? And can you apply PR advertising rules? So usually there are the four things you can do. Guest marketing, um, piggybacking someone else's direct marketing because that can yeah. be printed, of course. You can also, of course, apply the PR advertising on the right channels and you can do some social selling by asking for recommendations. But the moment others are involved, then things are going to change for the better for you. Interesting. I think we do, fo- and I know that I've been guilty of focusing on the credibility bit too much. And I think it's just that pe- perfectionism sometimes that we have, isn't it, of getting everything ready, getting all our ducks in a row, making everything sure. look pretty, getting our testimonials and LinkedIn profiles done and everything. But yeah, it's that. So once you've done that, the, the job then is to be discovered. If you don't use at least, I would say, 60, 80% of your time on visibility, mm-hmm. you are not doing reputation management. You know, if, if uh, you're not, if you're doing credibility, you're doing content marketing and you're just caught in a kind of hamster wheel 
And the, the risk with that, because the other thing which is lovely about visibility, and I believe in that, is that it's a wonderful form of marketing that helps you recharge, because actually the heart of it is human interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you're negotiating a presence on a, on a magazine or you have on a podcast, and I think when I look at reputation management and why I favor the term to online marketing, even content marketing, it's because you've got to be very careful that you don't end up in a situation where your pursuit of getting customers on board by creating content is so draining that eventually you're going to burn out. Yeah. And as you know, I had my burnout in 2009, which was a major wake-up call as well for me in terms of doing things very differently. And what I love about visibility is, by the way, it works and it helps you know, build the business. Mm-hmm. But as an individual, as a team, it helps you recharge because it's a very, very different way of, of doing things. Are you starting or thinking about starting a new WordPress site for your new business and you are not sure which theme to pick for the best? Check out the Brizzy theme. With no coding skills required, no web design experience, the innovative visual builder empowers users to create awesome modern websites. It is so easy to use, it's packed with templates that are fully customizable. You can also create pop-ups and lead capture pages with complete ease. It's amazing. I use it on all of my websites and when it's starting at just $49 for the pro version, what's not to love? Check them out at visualizeyou.com forward slash brizzy. Let's yeah. say that you're just starting out today. Would you focus more on visibility or do you need to get certain things in place before you even attempt to do visibility or can you be doing it at the same time? I would say, so true, your question is, I'm describing the the steps based on the customer journey. So first they're going to discover you on others' platforms, Mm -hmm. then they're going to check you out. And then we'll talk in a moment about the third step, which is interactivity. Mm -hmm. So if I was uh, a brand new business, all I would do at this stage is have a website where the information is factually correct and you've got the beginning of a blog. I would have a LinkedIn profile that I've seen off. And then you, you get going and start visibility. And with visibility, there's a fun exercise that you can do. Part of visibility, which is interesting, it allows you as well to showcase a wonderful quality that I want you to have as a professional is that you're curious about what's happening in your industry and actually the world of your customers. So actually, you could start visibility by saying somebody, I'm curious about the following which so happens to be also something that my customers need to know, mm-hmm. would you have some time to share your knowledge and so on and so forth and begin like this? And there's four areas that you could look into. So to begin with, you could approach other suppliers or not obviously competitors that do what you do. But if you step back a bit and realize who your customers are, you appreciate that they need more than just you mm-hmm. to function and operate. So you can extrapolate, you know, what other suppliers do they need? In my case, people need probably web designers. I don't design websites. I love website design. I think I've paid my dues now, so I don't have to get involved so much. So I would see it a very natural thing to interview web designers and ask them about WordPress and then Wix and, and Squarespace, or whatever, or a deep dive onto other form of web design consideration. So you could essentially start a research project. It almost become like this journalist thinking, I'm going to pretend that I don't know the answers to this. And on behalf of my audience, I'm going to ask all the right questions. And as a result of which, not only do I have wonderful content, but also have uh, people going to say, hey, 
I was a guest on Pascal's um, podcast or video cast and go check it out. We talk about WordPress. So I think you can look at suppliers. The other thing that you can do is look at in the in your customer's kind of sector mm-hmm. or, or kind of universe, as I sometimes call it, look for event organizers. So are there uh, out there events, virtual conferences now, and so on and so forth, that your customers are likely to attend? And then literally get in touch with the organizers and say, would you like to talk about your event. Generally, I'm curious. I've never, I don't know this event much, but it seems like a, a good event to, to attend. Can we talk about it? And they'll come on and talk about the event and then they'll share the interview with, with their audience. Yeah, so that's, that's the next group. What is interesting about the events, usually if you look at the event's website, they would be sponsored by media companies. Mm-hmm. Then get in touch with the media company and say, hey, I'm curious about your magazine and what you stand for. Do, can you... Would you like to consider writing an article or, or jumping on the podcast or video cast, whatever it might be? So media companies are also important. And then the, the final group, as I'm going through, as you can tell, the diagram I usually do on the whiteboard the, would be the membership organizations, you know, any form of associations or federations, institutes. So if your customers belong to a profession that is likely to be organized, it's all from a professional body, get in touch with them. And do the reverse thing, whereby you could say to them, I'm curious about the following. Would you like to jump on a call or you know, answer some questions? You, know, you could send, for example, a Word document question that they can just type the answers. That becomes the article to go on your website. They get full credit. And then when you share it on, they will share it on to their social network. That's visibility. Part of what you can do is do some research on Google. Nowadays, it's amazing what you can find and almost map out what we would call your customer's trust network. So mm-hmm. imagine that your customer is in the middle of a network of support that would come from other suppliers, that would come from event organizers, from media companies, and membership-type you know, organizations. You find a handful of which, you've got probably enough guests for the next 12 months to see you through that visibility element. Then I am a, I'm a customer of, of yours, but I don't know you exist, but a minute ago, I saw a newsletter from my membership organization that says, as part of the, the many items on the newsletter, or go check it out, there's a video interview with our chief exec and Beth. And then they're going to click on the link and discover you. And then not only are they going to probably consume the article, the video, but they're going to check out roughly what you do, which is where interactivity then comes in. So the risk that if people do the visibility well and practice will make perfect, They've done enough credibility, you don't have to do a great deal, but they forget the last step, which is interactivity. So imagine that you have a visitor on your website, you have a visitor potentially on your Facebook page, maybe they're just quickly looking at your listing on Google Maps, they've gone on YouTube, they check what I call your reputation pack, and they just leave, and maybe they'll go back next week because they're a reminder. So Uh what you want to do is maximize your chances without using coercion necessarily to get someone to become uh, not just interested, but actually to become part of your community. And this is where on the website or on all those credibility platforms that you control, you have to make the offer of interactivity. What does that mean? Ideally, you're going to say to them, you're in luck because if you found this interview with the chief exec of this media company, if you found this chat with the supplier interesting, every Friday at 11 a.m. on Facebook, I'm live to answer your questions. That could be, that could be an example of interactivity. Mm-hmm. You're in luck. Uh, next week, we've got a webinar looking at all that. Book your place. You're in luck. Every 
Wednesday between 10 and 11, you can book a coffee and a chat with Beth. And so making the offer of interactivity very clearly wherever you have control is very important. Here's the thing. Sometimes the offer is enough for somebody to then make the, the, the step from maybe to, yes, I believe in you. And if they take it up even more, because I imagine the conversion would be quite, quite high. And that, to me, is the newer version of subscribe to my newsletter, yeah. which can still be present, but because of malpractice and abuse from primarily the big brands mm-hmm. uh, out there, I think the number of people happy to subscribe to a newsletter is lower than it was in the past. We understand that. But here's the thing. If they check you out and maybe just keep their distance so they, they join the Facebook live session, but they don't say anything because they don't trust you just yet. But having seen and heard you being helpful to others, which is by far the most best way to manage your reputation, they're going to go, wow, now I don't want to miss out for the next one. Or I really like you know, the approach. I'm going to make sure that I now subscribe to the newsletter because I've had the chance to really challenge myself and my preconceived ideas and so on. And I've seen that actually the way in which Beth explains something or the way in which she's brought in her belief in the soul-led running of a business as well, uh, that kind of things, is, is what I believe in as well. In fact, what I'm going to do, I'm going to unsubscribe to the other two or three who are not really in line with my thinking, but I was just stuck with them because I didn't want anybody else out there. And now I'm going to choose Beth instead is, of course, you know, a great compliment. To me, that's why the three steps exist. But so what do we do practically? You're right. We do it in reverse order. So the customer is going to go visibility, mm-hmm. credibility, interactivity. You, behind the scenes, need to prep your interactivity. So when and where will you do the interaction bit? And, and really, it doesn't matter what you choose so long as you, you do something. I remind you that before we had to operate very differently because of the current crisis, some of you could have included in our networking or going for a coffee and a chat somewhere. So we'll do it virtually for now. The credibility, you know, what have you got in place so at least people can, at their own pace, discover more about you and learn more about you and so on. And then what do you have in place to be working with others? But I would say in terms of time, for me, it would be, hmm, yeah, maybe 60, 30, 10, roughly. And whenever my customer says to me, well, I'm a bit busy this week, I say, fine, then you do visibility. You know, a website visitor first time around won't really be offended if your blog is slightly mm-hmm. behind. They won't mind if the product page is not up to date. By the way, they won't know anyway. Not that you should use that as an excuse to not do enough on your website. <laughs> but what they will mind is, however, they go on the website and it feels like that's the end. If they've got a website that is managed to the best you know, one can, but you've got a date and the times for the next time I can jump on the call and ask you some questions or observe you answering questions, then you know, you've done your job. Amazing. All three steps there. <laughs> I think you've, you've certainly made me think about how I can interact differently on my website. So I'll definitely be doing that. That's all really exciting stuff to be thinking about. I've had blogs and things in the past and it's been really easy to generate leads on maybe on the back of a piece of a content, for example. But I think, yeah, you're right. It's all about that interactivity now, isn't it? And doing things slightly different. It's the one bit that, again, the big companies can't do. They, They couldn't get their head around to begin who it's going to be the person that's going to manage the Facebook Live or do the webinar. Some do, but mm-hmm. not most that don't. And, and more importantly, if you're building a business based on, as I've, I've understood, you know, your career, your experience, and your very unique way of solving problems, that's the best way someone to really 
get to know you, understand you. And those Facebook live sessions, they can last a quarter of an hour, 20 minutes. They don't have to be very long. The webinars can be just an hour. And I would say to somebody, if you can't find an hour to a week to talk to lovely people, then by all means, go back to some of the business elements and see if you can reclaim time by either delegating or buying services, whatever it might be. But I would say once a week, you need to be available to an audience that is considering using the services, but they're not sure just yet. Wow, it's been such a fascinating conversation. I think we've been all over the place. But is there anything that you would want our listeners to take away today? I think for me, the... Um, Reflecting on that conversation, it reminds me of something that I realized much later. So I think that the good thing is it won't take only 20 years to realize <laughs> how to do this. But for me, you know, on reflection, the, the gift of the internet is, is really self-expression and discovering through, obviously, iteration, your true voice as a, as a communicator, as a solution designer. And, and essentially, then once you have that true voice, to stick with it and, and don't listen to others who they'd be well-intentioned to say to you, you should really be on Instagram or you're doing video, but you should be writing more, all that kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. once you have connected with what, what you are as an individual and, and you can express yourself fully, then the rest you can curate it. So for example, in my case, as writing is not my thing. I can do it, but if you ask me, I wouldn't choose to do it. But I can curate amazing articles and mm-hmm. simply keep part and parcel of what I do. So I think for me, number one would be the gift of the internet is discovering a true voice and then sticking with it. And actually, month after month, and year after years of practice, becoming the best at that form of expression, which by extension is marketing. And then the, the second element would be that the, the platforms, the tools, they're there to support that. So you should always design a plan of action based on your understanding of the marketplace and mm-hmm. your customers and not based on the tools available. So for example, when someone says to me, we're going to do an online marketing plan and they start to talk to me about what websites they're going to have or what social media platform that they're going to, they're going to go for. Uh, so that's, that's a decision that should be taken much later. First, you should just imagine and design an amazing experience for your audience that gives them you know, a chance to understand who you are. And then you'll decide whether or not uh, it's Facebook or, or LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. That's so easy to decide on that because ultimately it'd be done to, to your customers. But if you've not come up with um, answers to the question of how will you keep someone interested on Facebook or on social media, you know, forget the platforms, mm-hmm. then those platforms help you. And to me, that's been the realization that the most important asset and the one kind of uh, talent that one has to nurture above anything else is imagination. Mm-hmm. If you can imagine a better way or, or a unique way, unique to you, to use a platform, then you're on a winner. If you don't, then you're going to have to copy others. And that's going to leave you feeling quite empty, quite miserable, and probably actually uh, quite dissatisfied with the result and, and the practice itself. I completely agree with you on that. My thing is writing and obviously I'm moving into audio now. So one of the things I've been playing and toying around with is taking the transcript from podcasts and repurposing that. And that gives me immediately something to play with content wise that I can do whatever I want to do with. So I think it's knowing where your strengths are, knowing what is your macro 
piece of content that you can then repurpose and, and use in multiple different ways. So, right. so I think you're right. So the question should be for you, what is your version of interactivity that, that uh-huh. works for you to supplement, for example, with additional comments and reaction, the articles you've written? So the one that stuck with me because I thought the time was great when you talk about there had to be a serial quitter. Uh-huh. And to this day, I know you've written a lot more than that, but <laughs> I just thought, brilliant. So is your version that you're going to have interaction, interactivity sessions, where you're going to explore that article further and take questions from the audience and or, or whatever? It could be now, Pascal. You've just planted a seed in my head. One of the things that I, I thought I could do is use Medium, so Medium is obviously a, yes. a, a, a platform where you can create content. So taking audio from podcasts to maybe you could even put the transcripts on Medium potentially, as well as maybe having them on your own website. But then, yeah, using that as a, maybe a way to engage with people and say, do you want to come and find out more about this as well? We could have a whole session on content repurposing. It's fantastic. Yes. Because again, it's, it's back to imagination, which is, right, so you've, you've done the podcast and it's gone, it's going its journey. But are there other ways which you could be of service to others? As my vision, which is why I much favor the term reputation management, is because it opens up so much more, uh, many more possibilities than Mm -hmm. online marketing could. And one of it is obviously, how do you find ways to provide a better customer service online? It's part of reputation management, Mm -hmm. not just marketing. And you're right, would describing the best performing podcast episode and give that to an audience who would not normally listen, although I know the numbers are are very healthy and Mm -hmm. podcast consumption is going through the roof, but I'm sure there's still a lot of people who they they won't at all. Or you could be doing Facebook Lives and transcribing Facebook Lives or or whatever it Mm. is that you're doing. But it's the storytelling that is the content that we're trying to get across, isn't it? Not necessarily, yeah. like you say, it's not the application, it's not the the technology. I think for me, it's just that, you know, which is when people um, look at promoting their business in today's economy, what you don't want someone to con- congratulate you for your online skills or digital skills, whatever, you don't want someone to go, based on what I've seen, mm-hmm. I believe the approach to customer service is outstanding. Based on what I've watched, I think you're very good at what you do and align the way you do it. Therefore, I want to become your customer. Mm-hmm. Again, this means to an end. And, and I think that the risk is that people spend so much time learning what they believe is the answer, which is technical skills. But they don't practice actually mm-hmm. far more important skills, which is that empathy with the audience, that kind of storytelling, that you know, very intuitive way of dealing with people, which I know is harder with the small screen and that kind of things. But it's born out of things that you've done, you know, outside, you know, away from the laptop and the mobile phone. I have thoroughly enjoyed that conversation, Pascal. <laughs> I think we've Likewise. been everywhere. And I think <laughs> certainly got my imagination going. Thank you very much for that. Where can people find out more about you online? I'm lucky that I've got what, a proper, what I call SEO name. I can't <laughs> hide easily and I can't be mistaken with somebody else. So people go on Google and put Pascal Fintoni. They can, the list of results, we show you the website, the LinkedIn profile, the Facebook. If you want to two things, if you're interested in both marketing and film, then by all means do find us on Two Geeks and Marketing Podcast and most podcast directories. And also, as you pointed out, it's an example of how you can do um, podcast production as well. All right, my friends, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. I have some freebies waiting for you over on my site at visualizeyou.com that are going to help you get started on your career pivot. I'm offering you not one, but two business and career downloadable affirmation audios, a guide to journaling and a 
ton of affirmation scripts. You can choose what you like or simply devour them all. If you've always wanted to master the art of creative visualization, check out my signature course, The Visualization Vault. It's self-paced, comes with a loving community, and you'll learn how to release resistance and creatively visualize your best life and business. With exercises, affirmations, meditations, and more, head to visualizeyou.com forward slash vault and get the course at my new podcast listener rate. Check out the show notes for all the links. Okay, so that's all for today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any aha moments, tag me in your social media stories and please leave me a review on iTunes. It'll really help me out. Until next time, remember to visualize you.